Hello, thank you for downloading this episode of the Healthy for Men podumentary series. Before we get going, just a quick partnership announcement. This episode is brought to you by Bounce, whose mission is to inspire positive change in the way people eat, think and live, which is what the Healthy for Men podumentary series is all about. If you haven't tried Bounce Protein Energy Balls before, they're great tasting, nutritionally balanced and packed with protein, so they're great for when you're on the go and you need a convenient, filling snack that's full of good energy. Grab a Bounce Ball from any Holland and Barrett store throughout the UK or visit bouncefoods.com for more information. Hello, thank you for downloading this episode of the Healthy for Men podumentary series in association with Holland and Barrett. My name's Tom Rowley, I'm the editor of Healthy for Men magazine, and in this episode we speak with sleep therapist Risa Gabrielle and discuss the relationship between sleep and mental health. Risa also shares some great techniques for a good night's sleep, and we delve into the science of sympathetic and parasympathetic states of unconsciousness. Don't forget to pick up your copy of Healthy for Men magazine in any Holland and Barrett store throughout the UK. On the cover of this issue, we have ex-pro rugby stars Max and Tom Evans, and they share their guide for fitness success. We also look at impotency and the best foods to increase your fertility. Thank you for downloading this episode, and I hope you enjoy our conversation with Risa Gabrielle. Today we're talking about sleep and the benefits of sleep. Obviously, sleep is super important. It affects everything from our physical performance to our mental well-being. Uh, and we're here with Risa Gabrielle. Risa, thank you so much for coming and speaking to us. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you so much for having me today. It's our pleasure. So I think to, to start with, what's your background, Risa? What, what are your, you're a sleep expert, aren't you? I'm, I'm a sleep therapist and I'm a yoga teacher and I specialize in yoga for sleep and insomnia. Okay. So my background in terms of sleep is that I had sleep problems my whole life. Mm -hmm. I remember being a little kid and lying awake, not being able to sleep. And it got worse into my 20s. I had um, some issues with sleep paralysis. Do you know what that's about? Yes. Terrifying. <laughs> yeah. sort of, you, you can't move. You're awake. Yeah. You feel like asleep. you're awake and you can visualize the room you're in, mm -hmm. but you can't move. So it can be quite scary. And so are you technically awake? You, you are technically in um, almost like a, a REM stage of, of sleep. So it's like a very active, like you kind of feel like you're dreaming. And with that, you can get these things called hypnagogic hallucinations, which are not night terrors. Hypnagogic hallucinations. Hypnagogic hallucinations. Hypnagogic hallucinations. Yeah, right. which not, I don't want to scare all our, our listeners on our very first conversation topic, but um, the, those can be very frightening because it's not, it's not a night terror. You're not dreaming. You very, you very much feel like you're awake in the room that you're in, but you have these visualizations and hallucinations, which are, are very scary. So how common is that uh, sleep, sleep paralysis? Sleep paralysis is, um, it's not something that, you know, you, you either get or don't get. Like people can get it more regularly when they're overtired. Mm -hmm. So it might be something that you even just get once or twice in your life when mm. you're going through stages of overtiredness, which is why it's more common that people do get it in their 20s or when they're in uni, you know, when I started having issues with it. I see. Okay. So mm -hmm. then you thought this is a real problem. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be uh, an expert, well, an advocate of, of curing this. I went to the sleep labs. I had all the electrodes hooked up to me. I was given some really crazy medications to try and, and just none of that really felt 
felt right. None of it was working for me. Mm -hmm. So later as I trained in yoga and did more with that, I, I realized that there were some natural things I could do for myself. And then I, I later trained in yoga specifically for sleep therapy. Right. I mean, because yoga has quite a intrinsic relationship with sleep, doesn't it, in helping you sleep. There's uh, yoga sintra. Yoga Nitra? Yoga Nitra, yeah. that's the one, yes. Yeah, Yoga Nitra is great. Yoga Nitra is yogic sleep, and that is definitely something that I, I use as a very valuable tool. Um, and, and that is something where you listen to, it's like a, a guided meditation, mm. and you don't have to do anything, though. You know, a lot of people hear meditation and they think, oh, that sounds like hard work. This is something where you literally don't have to do a single thing. You just lie there and listen to it, and 30 minutes is equivalent of an hour or two of sleep. So it's wow. such a great tool to use, you know, when you're wanting to get more rest into our daytime. Mm -hmm. It's something that you could use every day. You know, you could use it if you wake up in the morning and you haven't had a good night's sleep. You could use it on uh, the train on your way into work, on your way home. If you can get 30 minute lunch break in, uh, the only time you don't want to use it is right before bed because it's so restorative that could actually counteract then getting a good night's sleep. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So you save the nighttime for real sleep and then we'll have accelerated yoga nitra in, yeah, in a day. Exactly. So how does that work to, um, you know, it's, it's 30 minutes, uh, mm -hmm. like two hours sleep. Is that right? Mm -hmm. How does that, how does that work in terms of your body restoring itself and, and regenerating? Is it something to do with your heartbeat or? It, it just puts you into a, a, in a, a very, restorative state. So there's a lot of things that we can do for our body that are not sleep that can still give us an 80% um, equivalency of almost getting to sleep. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of relaxation techniques that will get you a very similar effect to sleep, like an 80% equivalency of that right. um, without actually getting into sleep. But when it comes to sleep, it's, but I'm not saying that we should do that in, in, in lieu of getting a good night's sleep. Mm -hmm. It's still important to try to get that good night's sleep. And, you know, in, in terms of that, we, we really want to still be looking about how we can design our day to get that good night's sleep. I see. Okay. So let's start right at the beginning. And the mm -hmm. most simple question, yeah. which might not have a simple answer or... <laughs> they rarely um, do. <laughs> in my experience, absolutely. Or perhaps um, a contentious answer. Mm. And that is, why do we need to sleep? Mm. Well, I mean, I would say for literally every single reason of the body's function, we need to sleep. It, sleep is really just now more and more becoming a hot topic in, in well-being and in mm -hmm. health. And thank God for that because it's been overlooked for, for so long. And it's kind of crazy that it has because it's something that we spend a third of our life doing and everybody sleeps. We mm. literally, everyone sleeps. And so many of us have, have struggles with sleep. You know, two thirds of adults in the UK suffer from disruptive sleep and about 25% only manage five hours a night. And when you, you look at the problems that the people have with sleep, it has a knock on effect on everything, mm. whether it's our mood, whether it's um, long-term health problems, which I could touch on a few Bad sleep has been linked over time to cardiac disease, to diabetes. Um, even Harvard did a study a few years ago that has linked disrupted sleep and getting bad sleep to Alzheimer's disease. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it can be quite a problem. Also, you know, when you're tired, you crave more food. Mm. You crave kind of like, do you ever have that? Absolutely. Yeah. If I've had a bad night's sleep all day, I'm just constantly craving carbohydrates <laughs> yeah. and eating all day. Exactly. And that's actually because our body produces a hormone called ghrelin that 
and that triggers us to Gerilyn. Gerilyn, yeah. And that triggers us to actually feel hungrier. So, you know, if you're just having one night's bad sleep and that kind of explains why we're feeling a bit more hungry, but if you're having that night after night, not getting enough sleep can actually cause weight gain and obesity. I wonder if there's an sort of evolutionary benefit to producing that hormone. Is it because you're your body thinks you haven't got enough energy, therefore it releases this hormone. Yeah, it's exactly because you need to get more energy. Mm. It's telling you, you know, because you're not having enough energy. So that's why. But if you're not getting enough sleep, it's not an actual need. You know, what you need is more sleep, mm. not, you know, to eat more. Yeah. So it it's, comes back to that. And when we sleep, there are different stages of sleep that do different things in the body. So when we're in that deep anabolic sleep state, that's when we're having muscle regrowth and repair. And that's really important for kind of all of our internal organs, everything going on in the body. And when we're in our REM stage, that's when we're processing all of the memories, everything that's gone on in the day. Mm. And when you're not getting good sleep night after night, you actually get like a backlog of memories that haven't been processed. So our subconscious is having this backlog. So you go to sleep the next night and you kind of get this vicious cycle of you have this backlog from the day before and it can make it harder to sleep. Because of those memories that haven't been processed. Mm -hmm. Oh Wow, that's fascinating. So it's like literally you need to sleep so you can process the day. Mm. Wow. So Sleep is a big factor in how we process all the information that we've been mm. taking throughout the day. Um, exactly. Some of those things are emotive elements, emotional mm -hmm. things that are going on in our lives, whether mm -hmm. that's to do with relationships or work or whatever. Um, so if we're not processing, the, processing those uh, sufficiently, mm -hmm. then I suppose that could be a large factor or a large cause of mental health problems. Yes. Sleep and mental health disorders are, are completely interlinked. They tend to either be, uh, sleep can be either a causation or, and certainly a component. If you look at any issue, whether it's depression or anxiety or just stress in general, mm -hmm. there is always issues with sleep involved. So when you look at, you know, this vicious cycle that we tend to get where we have a lack of sleep, even just looking for instance, just at stress. So when you, when you're having problems in your life where you're stressed or any time in your life where it's a bit more high stressed, your body is creating more cortisol mm. and this hormone, you know, cortisol is spiking in your body. Well, what happens then is when your cortisol is spiking, that is going to conflict with your melatonin production. And the melatonin is released throughout the day, spiking in the evening towards two or 3 PM, PM, sorry, not that, AM, <laughs> having more of that peak. And melatonin is that thing that's just telling us, you know, it's time to sleep, it's time to sleep, letting us know. Well, when cortisol is is battling our melatonin, it's going to be keeping us awake. Mm. So you're not going to get that good sleep. And then the more stressed you are, the harder it is to calm the body down and sleep. And it becomes this vicious cycle where night after night, you're not actually able to switch off. So that cortisol is it's really toxic, isn't it? So mm. That affects everything that we exactly. do. Exactly. It's not just a, a mental health thing. It, it's a, a physical thing. It's it's a, a cortisol is a, a hormone, right? Or is it mm -hmm. a, right? So it's it's a, a substance. Yeah. So then I, that then affects our body's ability to um, regenerate muscle and and to increase our performance. Yeah. Everything. Um, yeah. So. How do we reduce that cortisol? How do we get to a place where we go to bed, there's yeah. minimal amounts of cortisol, maximum amounts of uh, melatonin? Well, there, there are so many things that we can do in our day that can, that can help us sleep better. 
Um, I always tell my clients that a good night's sleep starts the moment you wake up. You know, there's a lot of emphasis put on our bedtime routine and bedtime routines are extremely important. Don't get me wrong, but we really need to be looking at our whole day. You know, the time of day that we exercise, what we eat throughout the day, how we're putting enough rest into our day. Um, there, there's so many other things that we can do. And then also looking at our, our nervous system and making sure we're giving ourselves enough rest and winding ourselves down for sleep the right way. So if I say, you know, parasympathetic versus sympathetic nervous system to you, do you know what that Parasympathetic yeah. and sympathetic. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, no, please, uh, that's please totally share. fine. Normally, when I give these talks, people are like, "Nope." But then, if I say fight or flight, that sounds like something you probably recognize, right? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So that's a constant struggle throughout every day of my <laughs> yeah, life. Exactly. And fight or flight is referring to that sympathetic nervous system. That's that idea, you know, we're being we're being chased by the bear and we have to escape, and that you know that emergency that situation. Primal, uh, primal. Um, Emotion, not emotion, but uh, mm. it's the the primal part of the brain that's yeah. in everything, every kind of animal, yeah. uh, even ones that don't um, experience uh, sort of human emotions and things. Every everything has that most basic form. Of- exactly that that tells us, you know, we have to we have to um, fend for you know fend something off or, mm. or get away, and it's meant to really be there in case of emergencies. You know, mm. it's meant to switch on when we need it. But what happens is, is we tend to be hanging out in our sympathetic system in our modern lives way more than we need to be. Mm. Uh, it's become a constant state. So whether, where we really need to be kind of more in our parasympathetic system and just switch into our sympathetic system when we need it, we tend to be because of our busy lives, especially if you're in a city like London, when you're, you know, going to work, commuting, going everywhere really fast and, and busyness is so much, you know, a badge of courage these days as well, that it's like, oh, we are always busy then we're always in this parasympathetic state. Yeah. So it's a matter of learning some simple tools that can help us and switch us out of that and back into mm-hmm. our parasympathetic state. So that's certain breathing techniques, that's taking the time to do a little yoga nidra as we were mentioning, um, that's just doing certain things throughout the day. And then you can also bring them into your, your bedtime routine. So if you finally find yourself in bed at night and you're really just feeling you know, quite hyped up, you can do these certain breathing techniques or maybe these self acupressure points where you just press something on your hand and breathe and release. Or there's something that I teach in the training that I did, Super Sleep Yoga. We do this sequence that you literally do these stretches on your bed at night. And it's not yoga in the sense that you don't put on your you know clothes and roll out a mat. It's super accessible. You can do it on top of your bed. You don't have to actually know yoga to be able to do this. And it's just these stretches that are designed to pull the tension out of your body before you go to sleep. So it's really a matter of trying to wind the body down and help yourself and give yourself, give yourself really these empowering Mm. ways of bringing yourself out of a state of, you know, hyped up stress and Mm. back into a state of calm. I see. So how much sleep do we need? Mm. Well, that, that is a good question. And I'm going to put the question right back to you. How much sleep do you think we need? I try to get eight hours a night. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm aware that there's a bit of a debate about, I think in, in a kind of uh, a tribal scenario, we might mm. sleep for 
a couple of hours here and there. Oh, yeah. You're talking about like polyphasic sleep versus, yeah. So, Possibly. <laughs> yeah, or biphasic sleep. So there's this idea of, of like, you know, right now we sleep in, in one big phase of sleep mm-hmm. versus in the past, actually humans slept in multiple phases of sleep. You know, they would maybe have a break in the middle of the night when they would wake up. And not to get too technical into that right now, but that is something I do like to tell people because sometimes people get so stressed in the middle of the night when they're up. And it's like, you know, I tell people if you're lying in bed for more than 30 minutes, you've done the breathing techniques, you've done these different things and you can't fall back asleep. It's actually better to get up and do something. Don't go look at your phone, but go do something restful in that time rather than lay in bed and stress yourself out. Because then you also start to relate the bed to a stressful place and we want the bed to be a calming place. Um, But going back to your previous question and the eight hour idea, that's really common that everyone thinks eight hours, but we actually sleep in 90 minute sequences. So our sleep sequence is, is 90 minutes long. So if we were to look at maybe sleeping seven and a half or nine hours, that could be better for us because we are getting better quality of sleep. We're not waking up in the middle of a sleep cycle. Oh, wow. So you're potentially better rested having, well, slightly less sleep. So if I I get down to seven and a half hours, I'd love uh, you to try that and, you know, let me know in a few weeks how that feels. Like I, I used to always sleep eight hours. I used to think I need eight hours. If I don't get eight hours, I haven't slept enough. And I switched to doing the seven and a half hour. Mm. And when I say that, like I usually give myself 10, 15 minutes to fall asleep. So maybe I actually set my alarm for a tiny bit longer than seven and a half. But because I've become so accustomed to this, Mm. I wake up a little bit before my alarm every day. Oh, really? Because I'm so used to seven and a half hours now. And I have to like say, I am not an, a regimented person. <laughs> like routine is not me. I'm a, I'm a night owl. I'm a creative. That's, that's not me at all. Mm. But there are ways that even when you're someone like me, that you can really learn, you know, what your body needs. And then when I'm, you know, fighting a cold or when I've had a really um, busy week and I know that I need a bit more sleep, then I go to bed a bit earlier and, and aim for nine hours. Okay, so the weekends I'm going to go for nine hours. In the weekdays I'm going to do. It 7. might be a weekday 5. that I go for nine. <laughs> I just go to bed earlier. Um, you, you know, I just I, I do try to have a, a similar wake up time. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to kind of keep a routine, so I would just go to bed a bit earlier. Right. I see. Yeah. Okay. Interesting, isn't it? Because I I have been thinking that eight, I have been that person who's. I need my eight hours. If I don't get my eight hours, mm-hmm. that's it. I'll be very aware of that. Mm-hmm. And that thought will follow me around each and day. And then it kind of stresses you out too, doesn't it? It does. But I suppose mm. that's kind of a placebo effect, isn't it? Because mm. you're, because you've told yourself that yeah. that's what you need. And, and one of the best things you can tell yourself too, is if you've had a bad night's sleep and you, cause th- this is the other thing that I really stress is you're going to have a bad night's sleep once in a while mm. and that's okay. You know, it's not about perfection. We're humans. We're not robots. We're going to have bad night's sleep once in a while. So if you have a bad night's sleep and you wake up in the morning, you know, looking at things we can do to to compensate in the day and also being kind to yourselves and saying, mm. it's okay. It's just one night. It's, you know, and what are some things I can do? And not obsessing about the fact that you're tired and not going around telling yourself all day, I feel tired. I feel mm. tired. I've had a bad night's sleep and obsessing about that, but more looking to the action. Okay, so I, yeah. I know I'm feeling a bit tired. What can I do in my day to make myself feel a little bit better? Fantastic. So we want 90-minute uh, cycles. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to be in a state of uh, 
parasympathetic. <laughs> we want to we want to help ourselves get into our parasympathetic state, parasympathetic which which for states. some people honestly can take a, a longer time to get there. Mm-hmm. It, it, the more you practice it, the easier it is to you know give yourself these cues to switch into it. But mm-hmm. if we're in a highly stressed state, it, it will take it will take some practice. But there but it's important to know there are things that we can do for mm-hmm. ourselves that it's not a matter of I'm either a bad sleeper or I'm not a bad sleeper. No. You know, there are so many things that we can start to do, you know, for ourselves. And I, and I, um, teach these sleep workshops in, in London where, and I also do, you know, one-on-ones with clients who are mm. really suffering and who want to delve a little bit deeper and give people these tools. Fantastic. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's fascinating and I'm certainly, I've got so much to take away from that and I, yeah. I look forward to, uh, Waking up half an hour earlier, uh, strangely enough <laughs> yeah, to say. Yeah, I know. Well, uh, give, it a, give it a go and let me know. And I if, will, I'll let you know. If anyone's curious to, to learn a bit more and get more into the science of sleep and, and learn some of these tools that I talked about, I am teaching a few workshops coming up in London this autumn. I have one in, down in Brixton at Yoga Point on November 17th, and I have one in Hackney at Supply Yoga on the 2nd of December. So please come on by. Fantastic. Well, I'll certainly be at the one in Hackney in December. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Please come. That would be great. I look forward to it. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. Look forward to seeing you there. I look forward to attending. Thank you so much for coming (laughs) in, Risa. Um, It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Risa Gabrielle. If you'd like to learn more about how to improve your mental state, download our episode of the Healthy for Men podumentary series called What is Anxiety? In that episode, we explore some of the techniques used to treat mental health conditions like PTSD and anxiety. Thanks for downloading and see you next time.